y'all welcome back to just another pod and on this episode me and los are talking about the miami heat boston Celtics game seven and we're also getting into some predictions we have for game one the nba finals so with that being said let's get started What's the what's the topics? What's what, what are we talking about today? I just, just want to straight go game seven. Yeah, I was just going to do like a little prediction because I'm tired of saying I I feel like I've been saying some things that have come true, and I need to have it like actually documented. So I want to document it. I want to actually say it and put it out there. What happened? They just want to talk because, shit on the record. No, well, yeah, but I'm saying like I kind of find it annoying that everyone thought uh, Boston was going to win Game Six. And I'm like, you should know by now. Miami, Miami's not the number one team in the East for no reason. For a reason. Like, yeah. Like, them, niggas, them niggas will, like, fuck around. If they're up, them niggas will fuck around and lose. But every time, like, niggas got their backs against the wall, and I'm saying, because I'm going to be honest, I started watching basketball, like, when, like, Miami, Miami Maverick series, because my dad wasn't watching hoops. I didn't have no brothers. I didn't have no – I wasn't close to my cousins. 2010 or 2006? 10. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have nobody to watch basketball. So my cousin, when he was older, he'll hang around. So he'll take me to play ball and shit. But aside from that, I didn't have nobody to put me on. So I started watching it then. But from then on, from then all the way to here, every time Miami got like backs against the wall, them niggas show the fuck up every single time. And I haven't seen a time it hasn't happened. Like even now, I will say something that is common for these niggas too. Them niggas will if they're losing, they'll lose in the quarter. And for some reason, third quarter, them niggas realize we can hoop. Like we we're a good basketball team. And I'm saying even when LeBron was there, the, I, I think that the biggest come one of the biggest comebacks in, in history in that NBA history happened when what LeBron was when LeBron was on the Heat. The niggas was like down thirty points or some shit, something crazy, and they still can't turn around and win the game. Like them niggas do that shit all the time, and you can see it in every playoff game that's happened so far. Or at least against this in this series, they'll be fucking around in the third quarter to make a big ass push. They can lose every quarter except for the third, and then boom, they back in the game. Well, I mean, I, I just it's, it's it, nerve wracking, but I just, I just find it very unlikely. I just find it very unlikely that they would lose three games in a row after being embarrassed on their own home court. So I just didn't really exactly. I didn't really understand how everybody was saying Boston in Game Six was going to win. Of course, it would be a fitting ending since they would be at home, but. I just, I, I like again. They're the number one seed in the East. They've they've showed that they will bounce back from blowout losses. So I just, I mean, again, them losing two two games in a row is already the worst. The worst they've done. Just wild playoff. shit. Niggas, bro. When first when when the series series first started, and Miami got their one in, in at home, and Boston got their one. Niggas like, oh, Miami not winning in Boston. I said, are you dead ass right now? Yeah, Miami not winning it. But I got coworkers that saying the same thing. Miami not winning in Boston. All right, Miami got the first fucking game in Boston. Come on, bro. You can't, and and, and you can't everybody, talk, you can't talk basketball with everybody. To be honest, like I was arguing with one of my coworkers what the Heat rotation was gonna be. Niggas gonna tell me, oh, Gabe Vincent and 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 uh, Caleb Martin not gonna get PT. I said, nigga, yes they are. Nah, they not. Everybody want an eight man roster come playoff time or seven man roster. I said that's not how the Heat go. Nah, that's that's just going. All right, what happened? Gabe Vincent is the backup point guard. And I'm talking without Kyle Lardy being injured. Gabe Vincent is the backup point guard. That's one. Tyler Hill is our sixth man. That's two. Dwayne Devitt coming in for Bam. That's three. Then you got Duncan Robinson. Now, he fell out the rotation a little bit. 
but he was, you know, you couldn't predict that shit. And then boom, Caleb Martin is number five. I said that shit. <laughs> I was like, nigga, I know my team. I know exactly what the fuck's gonna happen. Miami, I mean, so of course, like Miami's banged up. So mm-hmm. I don't think like if the reports come out, which I do believe Tyler Hero will be available to play. I'm sure. If he does, I don't think he should play. Because that's I don't gonna, think so either. Put you all out of whack. It's gonna fuck the rotation up, yeah. It's hot, it's Especially hard. when you got a game from 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 Jimmy last the last game he played great game, great bounce bounce back game for the last two. And and Kyle Lowry finally decided that he can play basketball again, and Max Schuster started hitting at the end. You gonna fuck the rotation up, but yeah, the issue, that's the same thing I thought when when they brought Kyle Lowry back because we were doing good with Gabe Vincent starting. We we were doing fine. They brought him back when we lost. When we lost, you know what I mean. I mean, that's, but that's the thing, though, because the issue is, and this is why everyone wants to be like, you know, Jimmy's not a superstar. Jimmy isn't bro, the, I, I'm t- When I tell you, I am, <laughs> I'm so tired of that fucking conversation, bro. I'm so tired of that conversation. Bless you. I'm so tired of that conversation. I'm yeah. so tired. So it's like, that nigga can prove, he, he puts on when he needs to. He show if, if you need defense this night, he's going to give you defense. If you need that nigga to be a bucket and, and hoop, he's going to do that. That nigga's a bucket. Like, I don't know if I, I think I told you guys in the in the in the group chat. I was like, uh, is it was a poll on Twitter? Is Jimmy Butler a hooper or a bucket getter? And for for instance, we'll say Steph Curry or no Luca bucket getter. You know, you're down three points. You need them three points to get get back in the game. He got you. Last couple ticks on the clock. You need a shot. Put it in that nigga hand. And he gonna get you. Ain't my homeboy, my core. He's like my homeboy. He's like nah. Jimmy's just not that guy. He's just not that. Bro, I said, do you not look at the nigga's body of work? Like, there's plenty of nights. You drop 20, averaging 20, 25 points a night. If you need 40 points from that nigga, you need us to win, that nigga gives it to you. He's done it all playoffs this season exactly. And niggas don't want to hear that. And I told him, I asked him plenty, I was like, listen, if it's about being able to be a three-point threat, then say that and we could dead the conversation. He's like, no, I said, I never do be a three-point shooter. So then what are we talking about? I was like, oh, you can't rely on shooting free throws, blase, blase. Harden does it. Uh, went silent. And B does it. And B and Harden was shooting fucking 10 to 20 free throws a night. How do you think B was one of the top scorers in the league? Yeah. Bro, that nigga shot 15 free throws a night. What are you talking about? Yeah. And without you take them 15 points away, that nigga average a 19. Come on, bro. Yeah, for me, I was going to say, like, you know, uh, like a su- everyone wants to say, like, superstars are like people like LeBron who are supposed to be getting like 30 a night and you know all that crazy stuff. Yeah. It's not the fact that Jimmy can't get you 30 a night. It's the fact that to. he's very uh he's he's he's, he's like a on blade. both ends. So when he yeah, plays he can, offense, he's versatile. Yeah, so when he plays offense, not saying he can't play offense and defense, but Jimmy has to like he goes so hard that sometimes he has to he has to uh conserve his energy. So yeah. it like going into a game, it's like he has to mentally prepare that I'm going to have to put in 50 minutes of work for a 48-minute game or 55. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has to go extra. He has to mentally prepare himself to go extra. When he comes into a game and he's just like, all right, I'm ready to win, and he has the mentality of, okay, well, I got Bam, I got Hero, and I got, you know, all these other guys around me. He's already saying, I don't really have to do that much. I don't really have to score that much. I don't really have to put in 30 points because I know they'll get their 25. But the thing is, with this game seven, this game seven, it – so this is how I see it. Unless Boston like just 
just drops the ball and it's just one of those games where nothing's falling and they just can't find their rhythm, then that's the only way I see, like, Boston basically just giving up. Yeah. I I truly believe (laughs) – I honestly won't be surprised if Miami wins or Boston wins, but the only way Miami will win is if they're all – like, the whole entire team is clicking. Not Jimmy doing it all. Not Bam. It's it's also this. It's also this. Because what's happened lately, the, the Suns have been taking 30 free throws a night, like, for, I think at least for the past two or three games. We lost one of those games. I think the game we got blown out two nights ago, we lost that bitch from the, from the free throw line. Yeah. It was a we lost difference. that shit from the free throw line. Insane difference. So it's, it's playing good defense, but also staying out of the bonus. That's really what it is. Because that game when we had um, – when uh, – Kyle Lowry just came back and we beat them uh, when Bam had 30 points after everybody was talking shit about him. Dropped 30 points and we won that game. Bro, when I tell you every time uh, uh, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum touched the rock, two niggas was on. If not two niggas, there was one there and one waiting for him to start driving to the rim and pick his ass up. Victor Oladipo was like plus 30 or some shit like that. And he only had like less than 10 points. We had four steals on Jalen Brown. I, I, there was a whole clip I saw on Twitter. This nigga's straight plucking Jalen Brown every time. Plucking. If we're playing lockup defense like that, then we're fine. Lockup defense and keeping them boys from 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 getting to the rim, we're perfectly fine. If Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are in foul trouble, uh, tr- trouble like they usually are, because for some they're great basketball players, but for some reason they'll have to they'll be at halftime three fouls, four fouls, and that's what limits them. Jalen Brown comes out the game first first quarter, two fouls already. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the big difference. Maybe. But that's what I'm saying, because, like, both teams are very aggressive defensively, so I don't think defense yeah. is a problem. Again, it's really the offense, because if you look at Boston, who's going to be the X factor? Who's going to be the guy who, when Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown aren't doing well, who can keep them afloat? Miami has mm-hmm. a lot of guys that can keep them afloat. It's just they don't know how to pick, like, turn. They don't know who to say, who you know, whose time is it? Because, yeah. like I said, if you have Tyler Hero coming in, like, if Tyler Hero's like, okay, I can play today, and again, I truly believe he should just say, I can't play and sit out. I know a lot yeah. of people have different, you know, views on that because it's game seven. So people are going to say he's, mm-hmm. you know, not trying hard enough. But if Tyler Hero comes in and plays, people are going to be expecting him to score. So if he plays the minutes he deserves to play, if he plays 25, 30 minutes, people are going to mm-hmm. be expecting him to score at least half the amount of time he's on the court. And if he's going to be playing like that, then that means he's most likely to be playing he might be forcing shots, which means that mm-hmm. goes in Boston's favor, which means their offense is out of whack. If you got someone like Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler who just came off a good – Kyle Lowry's probably best game, probably both of their yeah. best games of the season. If you have yeah. a game they just had into this game where they're like, oh, shoot, we got to get Tyler Hero involved. We got to get Bam involved. It's too many, like, what-if cards. Like, they got to say, like, okay, what if Bam gets involved? Like, we got to make sure he's involved because he's not. We might not yeah. win. Okay, if Tyler's not involved, we might not win. If Struess is not hitting, we might not win. Well, if we start dunking mm-hmm. over Struess, we might not win. There's too many, there's too many variables. Too many variables, yeah. yeah. There's too many variables to them winning because, yeah, we know Jimmy can go for 40, but to be honest, as I said for last game, if Jimmy doesn't go and get 40, it's honestly an automatic loss because once he's yeah. going for 40, no one else is really. Everyone kind of just Nobody's falls part back. Of the game. Yeah, everyone yeah. just falls just back. Just watch the ball. Yeah, let yeah. let Jimmy. Let's get let Jimmy go to work, and then if we get ours, we get ours, and that's yeah. the problem. Because in the regular season, and in like you know the the Atlanta series, 
anybody could really go off, but they weren't really playing a defensive team. And then they played Phoenix or not Phoenix, uh, the 76ers. And mm-hmm. I felt like the 76ers were just undermanned. Even with Joel, they were just they weren't matched with Miami. But Boston, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hold you. I thought that was gonna be a hard. It, it was. I I haven't liked that matchup with Joel versus Bam at all. Oh yeah, Ever. most definitely. I think I mean if anything, that was the only. I don't want to say mismatch. It was the only issues y'all were going to have that I felt like was going to cause problems. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's – I mean, Joel Embiid was supposed to be the MVP and, uh, you know, ben, not saying Bam was bad, but Joel Embiid was going to have his way. Uh, yeah, he, he was going to get his. He was going to get his 25, 30 points. But, as I said before, Philly is just not – they're not – they're not well-rounded. I mean, yeah, you got James Harden, but James Harden's been – inconsistent since he got to Brooklyn so I mean mm-hmm. that's not really a guaranteed 30 point you know triple double every night Joel and B came back from a, a face fracture that's not guaranteed mm-hmm. and then you look around and you're like okay Tobias Harris he's trying to he's trying he's, to score and help but Miami's shutting him down and then you yeah. look around I think they had uh who else they had they had um Maxi, Maxi, but Max, Maxi's kind of young, so it's like they knew how to play him, but they didn't really know how to play him yet. The only reason Maxi was really beating us for real was on the break. He he gets the ball, and yeah, and that, yeah, that gone. too. He's very he's very fast break set. So yeah, yeah I, I would say like those are the only reasons why Philly was able to what they stole one game or two games. I think it was two. I think we went to six. Yeah, I mean that's really the only reason why they stole any game. They just caught a break, and Miami wasn't playing the basketball they know how to play. But Boston is like the the only team that Miami has faced where, even if they're not rolling on offense, they can cause problems on defense, which will get their offense going. And they're like consistent with attacking. Like they they can definitely fall in love with the three, but they know how to swing the ball and attack, which will get them fouls. And then mm-hmm. because of that, they get the free throws. And then when, once you see free throws go in, you know that gets them in rhythm. So. I just I I'm just saying as far as my prediction, if Miami comes out and plays Miami basketball and doesn't expect Jimmy or Hero or Bam to score 30 or 40, Miami will most likely win. Because there's a lot of pressure on Boston. They were up three two. They could have won it at their home and mm-hmm. they made mistakes. That's the only way I see Miami winning if they just play Miami basketball. That's all yeah. they got to do, but you got to be motion. You got to keep moving around. Like, those defensive matchups, you're going to, you know, every time, you know, Hero or Struce is going to be – or Duncan is going to be on the court, they're going to go right at him every time. Yeah. But it's it's just about playing smart. You can't take dumb shots. Yeah. Like, and- I think – what game was that? It was not, not not last game, the game before. It was like – we was I think we had started bringing it up, like, to 13. So, you know, we cut the lead down. Jimmy takes a stupid three. Uh, Gabe Vincent pulls up like dummy deep from the top of the key. I'm like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we these aren't shots we need to be taking right now. Vic hits two from the same spot off the glass, like the opposite opposite side of the window. I'm like, bro, what are you guys doing? So it's like you're just hitting our shots, and that's just that. Yeah, and then another thing, um, the only way I see Boston winning is if they just don't turn the ball over. Last game, there was just so many times where Al Horford in particular, was basically just giving the ball to Jimmy and everyone else. Like, he literally was just looking at people, and he was like, yeah, yeah. take the ball. So if Boston turns the ball over the way they've been turning it over, they're going to lose. I think even 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 if they can't hit the three, even if they're hitting great shots, 
they can still find a way to win. I mean, they were able to beat Milwaukee in seven, and Milwaukee yeah. was very tough to beat because they couldn't get inside. They had to take all threes, basically. And there was games where they couldn't hit the three, and they were they still that shit up. Yeah, they were still finding a way to win. So unless unless Boston can cut down the turnovers, if you look like if you actually look at the numbers, when Boston is under like I think fifteen turnovers, ten turnovers, they're winning the game. But yeah. the times where they're just basically handing the ball over, they they're they're killing themselves. And another like I would say outside variable or something that we can't really predict is the refereeing. To be honest. I think if both teams play great, the referees are going to find a way to, like, make the game slow and bad because I I truly felt like game six, I truly felt like Boston was going to win. And I think there was a lot of calls made at the end that kind of ruined the game. Even even if Miami still would have won, I still felt like there was a lot of calls. Dicey calls. Yeah, it was a lot of of bad calls. Like the the Jason Tatum – Offensive foul on the and one drive. I wasn't really a fan. You're of when he when he when he had a charge on Vic. No 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 no. I'm talking about the one oh. where he. I think he was. I think I think Vic was guarding him. It was it was at the top of the key. Jason Tatum oh. came over to the side and he had PJ Tucker jump to like he basically jumped vertical to block it, and PJ or yeah PJ just jumped vertical. He didn't really go into him, and Jason Tatum kind of put his forearm out to like extend. Oh yeah. His underarm. And they yeah, called yeah, an offensive yeah. foul. Yeah, and then yeah. the and then the and then, yeah the Victor Oladipo charges the call. I feel like if anything, that's just a no call because I mean, it. I can if, understand if, the, if you look at the if you look at the replay, like it was slow down. I think it was it, it was a charge, but for them to try to make the call, like it was like a it was in the I think they said in the restricted the area, area or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah, like he was out. He was obviously you know looking back. Yeah, he was outside. But like to make that oh yeah in the restricted area it don't count whatever whatever you might as well have just kept kept the game going. Yeah, because like that because uh, the way I see it is like that can be called again in the actual like a game seven like if, if say if Bam is running down court and Grant Williams is sitting there, that's a that's a dicey call. I don't know. I guess that yeah. is I guess that is basketball. But at the same time, I just didn't like how it was presented, how it went about like being called yeah. a charge. Because I felt like if anything they could just let it go. Or like, well, I think it was, I think it was Vic's. No, I don't, I don't think Vic fouled out, but Jalen Brown. No, actually, no, it was. Yeah, it was Jalen Brown. It was. It was Wait. Vic's. It was going to be Vic's sixth foul, but then they overturned it and then became Jalen Brown's sixth foul. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a little biased, but I just didn't like the call. But there was a lot of calls they were just making where it just didn't make sense. Or like the one where um, White Cody White he or not. Is his name Cody White? Oh, no, no, uh, Derek, Derek White. White. Derek White. It was the one where Derek White, like, he tried to reach in, but he didn't really foul. He just kind of wrapped around him, and they called the foul. Yeah, it's like that. I don't know. I, it's, I just, it's, I just, it's shit like that is slow. It really do slow the game down because I get tired of the whole. Ah, uh, we're going to the replay. We're going to check. We're going to check it out. Da, 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 or anything, anything like that because it's it's, it's ticky tack shit. But it, the problem is, they make one ticky tack on one, they're going to make a ticky tack on another one. Because yeah. you got blatant, blatant ones. I think PJ got slapped clean in the face. Yeah, clean yeah. in the face and no call. Kept going. Like, it's, it's stupid. Yeah, I think I think if anything, because they they that's the thing. Like in the Boston Buck series, they really let them play. Like they that was probably the most physical series I saw. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. to see them go from that series to this series where it's like they're basically calling a foul if you just, you know, tap them on the butt. Looking at niggas. Yeah, yeah it's just looking like, at them too. Hard. That's, I don't know. You just got to, like, 
they got to be consistent or at least for today, they got to let them play because you already know these are two really grindy, like defensive physical, team. yeah, the physical yeah. teams. So it's like you got to let them play. You can't just like, for instance, PJ Tucker. We all know PJ Tucker isn't the most athletic, but he knows how to play like grind. No, he gonna guard hard the perimeter. He gonna guard the perimeter easy. Yeah, the man has basically fouled out every game, and yeah. they and and like half of the fouls aren't like legitimate fouls. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I haven't been agreeing with the. I haven't been agreeing with the refs. I haven't been agreeing with like how the game's been called because they should the rest should know like okay three minutes left in the game we shouldn't be calling this this little knickknack foul at the top of the key like let them play because this yeah. is when the game it starts getting really serious they're going to be very uh aggressive like it's just like i just don't understand how a ref can see the game see how it's going uh, a 10 point lead just got cut down to two and now we're going to start calling Offensive foul, oh, yeah. like all types of weird fouls yeah. that we haven't called all game. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. But it's it's really how they start. If they start the game like that, then you can already make you tell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If they oh, that's how the game go. That helps them though. If they can start the game like that, it helps them understand. Okay, we're seeing how the game is being played. But if you like yeah. I said, if you're if you're playing the game a certain way, and then all of a sudden we're five minutes in the fourth quarter, or we're five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And now they decide yeah. to say, hey, no, that's an offensive foul. And we've been doing it all game. It's kind of like you you got to let that go because now you're putting people in foul trouble slash getting fouled out. You're giving teams yeah. more points that they need to. Like, again, Boston Boston was basically going to the paint all game. Miami didn't, I don't think Miami got their first free throw until, like, the second quarter. And Boston already yeah. had, like, 11, 11 free throws. And then all of a sudden, by halftime or, like, going into the third quarter, Miami had damn near caught up with Boston with the free throws, but they were, I mean, the game was being played the same way. So I just didn't understand how the calls just flipped. And just flipped out of nowhere. That's, that's how the game's been going. It's literally, I think I saw a statistic on Twitter, like Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown had been to the free throw line about the same percentage rate or some shit mm-hmm. like that. And think Butler's free throw like attempts or compared to, I think, at the rate that Tatum was getting his calls was like 16% or some shit like that. I don't know if it was 60% higher. I'm trying to go find it. 60% higher or just 60% compared to like Jimmy's whatever percentage. I'm trying to find the tweet right now. But like it was just just numbers like that when you see them, it's crazy because you can obviously tell like it's not calling it fair. And everybody knows like one thing about really don't like about American basketball because, you know, you watching um, the Olympics, you see how they're playing and the, and the rules, the FIBA rules and shit. Yeah, they play a lot harder. So that whole oh, I got fouled, so now I got a bitch to complain instead of getting back and playing defense, or oh, I'm getting fouled, so I, I can't finish my shot. I just throw my hands up in the air. I can't stand any of that shit. I can't stand that whole oh, we can't run on the fast break, we can't play defense, so I'm gonna foul the ball handler. I can't stand any of that. Well, shit. you saw they're trying to implement a rule and stop doing that. I'm ready for it because it went bro. It was you know, we went to the we went to Vegas and we saw that shit. We're yeah. watching Damian Lillard go up and ah uh, throw the ball in the air. I got fouled. And well, to play on. Just, Keep just, just, to, just to be, uh, just to be like real. Damian Lillard was injured at the time. He did have his abdomen. That, that is valid. So, but I'm just saying. I just that was the first player to come to mind. But you well, know, yeah, what I'm saying? So of, they, course, of course, they're going up and they're not going for. They're not looking for a shot. I'm, I'm not going up to make it. Niggas are going up for a foul, and then uh, if I make it, I make it. Nah, nigga, go up and, and try to score. Luca, Luca, he, he's you know he played in Euro, so he's got a good balance of the the ability to go up there and 
and try to get the get the shot first. Jimmy's one of them. He, he goes up and I'm here to get the shot, and he's taking all the contact and blows and all of yeah, that. Yeah, I will. He's I will say getting, he's not in the call. Yeah, what I will say with Jimmy, man, like I don't think there's ever a time where Jimmy goes up for a layup where I expect him to miss the ball. Every time he goes up, it's it's it, it may not be the toughest layup, but it's like he oh, takes so much contact. Shot. He takes so much contact yeah. and like he gets it to go every time. So like he's one of the few that kind of just truly plays through all that. But mm-hmm. going back to Luca, I mean, even Luca said it's easier to score in the NBA because in in Europe in the FIBA rules like. They don't like they, and then the rules are different too because they have big men who literally can just camp in the paint all day. So if you got like mm-hmm. a the right big man like Gobert, that's where Gobert can shine. Like him being defensive yeah. player of the year, piss me off. He, yeah, him being defensive player of the year is like that. That is low key exposed every year by other players, but this year, yeah, or not this year. This uh, these rules, the FIBA rules, he could easily be the top defensive player because he could just camp out. Lucas said there's like like how plays and fouls are ran are completely different. So I mean, mm-hmm. um, like comparing that to the NBA, like you kind of I mean, we all know it's like the star treatment, like there's certain stars that know how to play the game properly to get a foul. But yeah, I mean, I think I think the refs just need to kind of come to terms and figure out what do we consistently call a foul. The only thing I feel like should be a problem or like something that they will never really get intact is the whole charge and blocking that whole like continuation yeah. of a foul that should be obvious it's been the continuation after a foul has been like okay they foul you you never put the ball back down it's a continuation but there have been so many plays where people have been fouled into going into a shot and never put mm-hmm. the ball back down but like oh well you weren't trying to shoot well it, it kind of doesn't mm-hmm. matter because they were fouled in the act of what they were trying to do Mm-hmm. And they never put the ball down. So they already had the decision that they were either going to pass or shoot. So unless mm-hmm. they actually pass the ball away, you couldn't you can't really say they weren't going to shoot. And I don't really like that. They should definitely um change that. But you that right. Yeah. yeah. I definitely uh I'm definitely predicting. I don't want to say I'm predicting Celtics as if it's an easy prediction, but I definitely will predict the Celtics to win if Jimmy Butler Just how the game started. If Jimmy not going for 40. It's, it's a combination of Jimmy going for 40 and niggas not showing up. Yeah. Like, Bam, he's got to take – he can't do this three three for six shit. You can't do it. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I've seen Bam, plenty Bam of times – Bam can't go three he, for six regardless of how many points he goes for. Like, yeah, you go, you go, you get your three for six. Yeah, you're shooting 50%, nigga. But we need you to – there are times he literally goes – if he just literally puts the ball on the ground and just does his little, little shot fake and then goes straight up or puts the ball on the ground – Drop spin or drop or drop step or anything, he'll he'll get the contact, he'll get the shot, he'll get all of that. But he'll shoot, he'll pump fake, pump fake three, four times, and then do a little fadeaway mid. Nigga, that's bro, go up. Especially yeah. like Al Horford, if he gets the ball, if if Bam gets the ball at the free throw line, little fake, and then drive, and he gonna get by Al Horford every time. Now Robert Williams is a different conversation. Yeah, that's a little bit. They're they're a little bit more evenly matched athletically, so I can understand him kicking it out or whatever, but. Aside from that, Grant Williams, he's got the size over that. Al Horford, he's slower than him. He got that. If he's got a Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum matchup, he need to eat that shit up every time. You can't, you can't keep like passing it up on these opportunities. But that was one of the bigger things with getting Lowry at Lowry back because Lowry was it's our Lowry is a, a traditional point guard. There's very few traditional point guards in the league right now, and Lowry's one of them. He's he was the one that was feeding Bam for the most part. Gabe Vincent when he was starting, Gabe is more of a, a offensive mind, and I'm here to score a point guard. 
I'm here to average my 20 points. Not granted, he don't average 20 points, but I'm if he's given the opportunity, I'm sure he he'll be here to score more. So he Lowry was the one feeding Bam, Bam on the on the break. Lowry would get the ball up, fling it to Bam all the way. He already at the rim, easy dunk. Same for vice versa to Jimmy. Throw it him, throw it all the way up, already easy dunk. Pushing the pace. Because that's that's the way that he played. That whole little we 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 do better in a full court setting because we got a center that can move the rock and just blow by most of some, even some of the guards. Yeah. Um again, if Jimmy if Jimmy goes for 40, I don't see it working out for the team because then that means they're going to kind of sit there and watch. And Jimmy, again, Jimmy went for 40 last game and everything was kind of falling for him. So I will say that was one of the rare occasions where he – well, I can't say rare occasions because really when he, every time he goes for 40, they basically win. But this is yeah. but this is game seven, and it's kind of Look like – seven, but it's, it's his 40 – while Laurie still had his eight, other niggas were scoring double fifty. That's true. That's true. Struce finally showed up. Yeah. Lowry showed up. Kyle, yeah. Yeah. That's true. So that, that's what I'm saying. So like, point shit. I can only see, I, I can only see Miami women winning if they play their basketball they've been playing all season. Because in the regular season, going into the Atlanta, uh, uh, Atlanta series, they all literally, I mean, granted, they were injured going into the Atlanta series and the Philly series, yeah. but they all, basically produced. It don't matter if they play eight guys, 20 guys, they all gave out good numbers. Like Struce could come yeah. in and give you 12. Kyle could give you 15. Jimmy could give you 20. Uh, Bam could give you 25. Tyler Hero yeah. will give you 30. And then it's like all that adds up. But if you got Jimmy, if you're basically coming into the game expecting Jimmy to score, like truly score yeah. everything, then it, you're most likely going to have problems. And not to mention, as I was saying earlier, if Hero comes back, they're going to expect him to score. If Hero does not score, he's a liability. That means you don't play him because he's not defensively good. So no, if he's on not. if he's on the court and you're basically having him waste minutes, where probably Struess or Gabe Vincent or Oladipo minutes for them. If if Hero's eating that up, then that that doesn't that doesn't help anyone. And I, like I said, I don't yeah. expect him to shoot a lot. But if he does shoot a lot, I'm going to be expecting being out of rhythm. So it's just kind of like. It's too many, it's, like I said, it's too many variables going on. Too many what ifs. Too many what ifs. It's too many good things that can happen, and it's too many bad things that can easily happen. So yeah. I'm I'm going to pick the Celtics, but the only way the Celtics will lose if easily if they just are careless with the basketball and they're not hitting. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on the Celtics. I don't think there's any pressure on Miami. Um, because of course everyone in their mama for some reason decided to accept that Boston would be going to the finals after game five. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think there's any pressure for Miami. I think Miami can easily lose, but Boston they can, can also easily win. win. Yeah, yeah. They can, they can. Miami can also easily win too. So I think. Um, I think honestly, it doesn't really matter who wins. I think it's gonna be hard no matter what. That, it's gonna be hard. That Golden, Golden State matchup is gonna be crazy. Golden State's yeah. Golden State's found the rhythm. Everyone's clicking. Everyone's offensive and there. defensively. Yes. Well, I will say, I mean, I guess I'll, I will say this for like a, a game one, game two prediction, but I will say Golden State has been very inconsistent going into their later games. Um, uh-huh. They've been, they they hit a point in that first round, when they played the first round, um, Denver, where they were just mm-hmm. unstoppable. They played Memphis. Yeah. There was just times where it seemed like Golden State, I don't know if it was the coaching because Kerr was sick, but. It was the times where Golden State was playing like the Golden State before Clay came back, or 
Yeah. The Golden actually before the Golden they were playing like Golden State before Clay and Curry were both healthy. They were playing really bad. They were turning the ball over. They weren't playing no defense. But yeah, Memphis wasn't playing any better defense at times too. So they was kind of able to level out. So unless unless Golden State can stay consistent too, I don't really yeah, I don't really see um anyone really talking offensive wise. All honestly, offensive wise, I think they're both they're Golden State's better than both the Heat and oh yeah, most most definitely. Well, okay, actually, actually, I think offensively, Miami's better. But again, that's when Miami is playing their basketball, not when they're. If we're being honest, I want to say Miami has a better three point percentage than Golden State currently in the league. They probably Probably not counting the playoffs, but I think Miami had uh, the better three point percentage in the league, and yeah, that that's that's yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the case. But their three-point weapons are definitely a lot scarier than Miami or Boston's. Of course, because you got – Especially because the niggas are moving. You got a Jordan Poole, Curly Thompson, and Steph Curry who are just going to keep moving around the goddamn court. And, and then you got you Andrew have, Wiggins who can hit yeah. that shit. It's – And then you, got Draymond, then you got Draymond being able to, like, manipulate the hands off. Yep. They got plays for that. So, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. But I still think – Miami is more because honestly, Miami is set. They're they're set for that type of offense. Like they have multiple guys that can run around for that. I don't yeah. think people like Duncan and Hero can keep up. And if they do keep up, they're not going to be productive on offense. But I do think Miami has the personnel to keep up with that type of offense that Golden State has. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of things it's a lot of things that goes in place but I do believe that yeah Golden State does have more scarier weapons but I do believe Miami can if anything keep up with Golden State at least try to yeah I don't it's know about Boston. No, I don't see it being a blowout at all yeah I, mean, I don't I don't know about Boston because I mean they kind of shocked me with uh Brooklyn to keep them I mean granted they were kind of a, they were all over the place in Brooklyn but they kind of shocked me in Brooklyn keeping them like to the percentages that they were at and sweeping them and to go toe to toe with, with the Bucks. I, I mean, I kind of said it when they played the Bucks the very first game. I said, whoever wins this series will most likely go to the final just because the Bucks were, they were a clear cut favorite by everybody to go to the finals again. And Boston topped them. So if Boston but losing, losing Chris Middleton, their score was really what killed that. Because if you're sitting there hoping Drew gives you 20 a night and you're going to keep getting. Like you know, the Giannis plays like Giannis coming to the rack and and, and beating you there, it's it wasn't gonna work. Because I'm gonna be honest, there's very few like those superstars in the league, Giannis, Joel Embiid, LeBron. Like you're not gonna stop them. There's the word stop does not exist to them. You can contain them. You can make them go six for twenty. Because Miami did that before. You can you can contain them to a certain extent. They're gonna get theirs, but you're not going to, you know, you can stop them from getting 40 points because those guys can easily get go for 40. You know what I mean? So it, it, it was, they just figured out how to kind of keep him under control. Every time he saw the paint, throw two bodies at him. Because Miami Ben did that. Miami Ben did that shit when we went to, uh, in the bubble. He's going to the rack, two bodies at him. Now, he was starting to shoot his shot. He was shooting his mids. He was he was making his free throws. And he, he wasn't making the, the best percentage from three. But his game had definitely gotten better from that since that Miami series from the last few years. Now, granted, he swept he swept Miami last year, but even before that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so your prediction for today? I'm a Heat fan, man. I'm going to say Miami. Okay. Um, it's, it's like you said, it's really about the, the, the it's, it, this season all, all together is really about the first couple minutes of the game. It's, it's bad to say, but it's really about the first couple minutes of the game. If Miami comes and shoots like they did in game, was it four where we got blown out? Them boys was like 0 for 13 or 0 for 18 to start the game. That's it's it's gonna be a long night. But if they keep it, keep it how it was in game five, um, uh, game six, kind of keep it neck and neck, holding, doing what they gotta do, it's gonna be. It's, yeah, I'm going Miami for sure. So okay, I I I hear you. I'm definitely going to stick with my Celtics prediction because I said Celtics from the beginning, so I'm just going to stick with that. But I won't be surprised if Miami pulls one. They are at home. They are feeling disrespected from Draymond's comments, which I will say I do feel like Draymond did that on purpose. Draymond's not now, a Can I ask guy. you, I, I didn't, I've, I've heard about that on Twitter. I heard people talking about it, but I didn't really see what Draymond – hear so, or see what Draymond said. You know, like at the on the TNT show, they always like yeah. try to bring a player after the game if they win or lose or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, Warriors just bounced the uh, Mavericks, so they brought Draymond and Steph on. And yeah. I think I think Shaq asked the question, and mm-hmm. Draymond said, we expect to see – we." I forgot how he asked it, but he basically said, we're going to play the Celtics. We're going to be playing the Celtics. We, we expect to see uh, the Celtics. So that's where everybody was okay. just like, oh, okay, like, yeah, the Celtics are going to win in game six. I feel like, personally, Draymond is not a stupid guy. I think if anything, he knew what he was doing. I think if anything, I think if anything, he thinks he can, like, of course he would think that he's going to beat both teams. But I think if anything, he knows he prefers Miami more yeah. than the Celtics. So, so he, he did that shit on that. Yeah, yeah, he said that. Because Draymond, again, Draymond's never said something like that. Draymond's not the type of person no. to just say why. about his character. Yeah. So him saying that, I feel like he was trying to get Miami the energy or whatever the motivation that they need to beat the Celtics or to play the Celtics yeah. so that they can get there with this chip on their shoulder. But they're both banged up. If anything, Miami's more banged up than Boston. So it, like I said, I think that was a purpose, a purpose quote by Draymond. So he can get Miami to, you know, get them to beat themselves up. Cause if anything, yeah. Boston, if Boston would have won game six, that's more time for Boston to rest and they have less players injured. If Miami yeah. wins game six, they got to go back and play game seven and play it with most likely banged up players, which makes it even more of a, a challenge for Miami to beat the Golden State Warriors because now they got like, I think they got like four players, like somewhat injured or they have some type of injury, but they're still playing. If they go yeah. out and play game seven injured and then Boston's most likely going to give it all they got, they're probably going to get banged up some more. Then they, if they yeah. win against Boston, now they got to play Golden State banged up even more. And we know how Golden State plays. They're going to have Miami running around and Miami can't keep up. That's an easy yeah. up for them. So I, I feel like Draymond made that quote on purpose because, a lot, again, a lot of people just kind of heard it and saw that and was just like, oh, yeah, Boston's definitely going to win. Oh, yeah. And I, talk, I saw people talking about, oh, yeah, you broke the code pretty much. Uh, like, yeah, whatever. Type, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen all that, but I, was, I just wasn't sure. But now I get you. He, he probably – he definitely did that because I think he's one of the better analysts. Yeah, that's another thing, too, because people, people for some reason think he's not, like – I think, okay, when players become analysts – now, even though Patrick Beverly is very out of pocket and he makes a lot of weird comments, he plays the game. So regardless yeah. of how, like, people want to view it or see it, 
he does play this he game. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does play this game with other NBA players, which means he does the studying, the film sessions and all that. He knows plays and all that. So yeah. he's, if anything, him and Draymond Green are more better analysis than who, who else did they bring on? I, I don't even – I don't even know who they'd be bringing on other than the only analyst that I actually like that I consider an analyst and like knows he's talking about is Tim Legler. Tim Legler is like yeah. a genius. If you actually pay attention to what he's saying and how he breaks down plays, he's actually a yeah. genius. But no one else is better than the actual current playing NBA player to bring in yeah. as, a, as an analyst. Draymond Green is a defensive player of the year and an all-time defender or all-time, what was it, all-defensive team member. Yeah. So it's like you have to take his word in consideration. He knows what he's talking about. He knows how to see the game. He's not just kind of blowing smoke up people's ass. And, you know, again, I, I may not agree with Patrick Beverly and how he does things because most of the time. He, if we're being honest, from what I've heard so far from him, only thing he was out of pocket for and, like, kind of talking out of, out of side for was that Chris Paul shit. Aside from that, he's he's been on the money. Because yeah. when, when he was talking he was, when he was talking about Chris Paul and, you know, dogging him out, it reminded me of goddamn what's the name? Uh, Paul Pierce talking about LeBron. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, LeBron right. dogged your ass out your whole career. And now you don't like it, and now you bring it to the table with the as an analyst, bro. Be honest, be be truthful about it, bro. Like he's a great player and he's better than you. Simple as that. Because you know you Chris Paul, you know, you talking about Chris Paul sideways, like oh yeah, he this, he that, he that. At the end of the day, Chris Paul's resume is touched. Is, is I mean, uh, Patrick Beverly's not touching Chris Paul's resume. Yeah, at all. That's an all defensive point guard probably one of the best point guards in the league, if not the best, like you're not at the end of the day, people will forget about you. But I mean, Chris Paul, I, his name is in the history books. I about to say even even with the the bad series that he had, which I do believe he was injured, but even with a bad even with a bad series, his numbers are still better than I think Patrick Beverly's career numbers. Yeah. It they are. They are. So <laughs> they are. You know yeah, yeah. But um, and, like not even trying to turn the conversation, but at the end of the day, you're expecting a 37 year old Chris Paul to be a leader. At the end of the day, he is, in my eyes, he's probably one of the like as, on that starting lineup, one of the lo- lowest scoring options you should have you should be turning to. It, and for me, it's Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and because I think if you're expecting a Chris to go out there and get 20 points a night, you're out of your damn mind. So I think you need to be turning to Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And then if you want to toss it up between Chris and, and Mikel Bridges, then do that. But all that falls on those two top guys right there, that, that scoring. Chris Paul is a pusher. That's like Kyle Lowry. Chris Paul, is, they've got the same job. I'm here to push the pace, facilitate the offense. Now, if I come in there and get my 15, I should be able to come and get my 15 and keep going. Simple as that. I'm not trying to make an excuse for him, but at the end of the day, that's, that's what you have to deal with. He's an older player, so you can't expect him to go out there and get the 2025. 20, and then when the game – you lose the game, oh, it's Chris Paul fault, blase, blase. That's not how that works. That's like, like – there's very few players that are out there who've been doing – LeBron was doing that shit. And, like, yeah, the Lakers didn't make it, but that shit wasn't on LeBron. LeBron put – if you look at that nigga's numbers towards the end of the season, damn near 30 points a night. No, he wasn't. You mad LeBron. Like, he 30, 30 – if you if – you, I don't even remember what he was having for the season. But 30 points a fucking night. He, it's not his fault that the niggas lost. You had a, a handicapped uh, Anthony Davis and – a uh, Russell Westbrook just that forgot how to hoop, and a bunch of guys on the bench that also don't know how to hoop. It's not his fault. Yeah, no, it's it's not. But that again is for another podcast because we can go all day with that. But your prediction, <laughs> Miami. My prediction is Boston. I will not be surprised what the end results will be, but 
whoever it is will have a matchup for themselves against Golden State. So we'll see. Like I told Mario, one step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time. Tonight's that first step. Mario, if you're listening, you need to learn how to take it one step at a time. That's how you that's how you (laughs) do stuff. That's how you ruin things. But we'll see. We'll see the end results. Um but yeah. Yeah. Till next time. All right.